Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. Okay. I literally forgot my name for a second. That's okay. It kind of cut on your audio in the beginning. I was like, did she forget to talk? But you were talking. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, well, good. Great. No problem. Um, so how are you? You know, I want to say, like, I'm not good. Because today was weird and, like, not good. But I had a magical weekend of art. Ugh, that just, that sounds like heaven. So, Friday, after work, Ruthie, my friend Ruthie, she's one of my coworkers, we went out for dinner and we went to the melting pot. I love the melting pot. We used to go every year for everyone's birthday in New Orleans and then it closed. I had never been before. My God, it's incredible. It's just cheese and chocolate and and, cha- and and champagne and and then like hot pot cooking your food and truly like top notch of the restaurants. Okay, so now that you've gone to the restaurant, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You need to go to watch Olin Rogers' video. Um, I'll send it to you because I don't know what it's called right now. Okay. But you need to watch. It's like this ridiculously long video, but it is like well worth it about melting okay. pot. Okay. Well, I, I loved it. And then we went to um, a concert. Um, it was Jonathan Butler and Grace Kelly. Um, I've heard of Grace Kelly. Well, have you heard of Grace Kelly because it's the Princess of Monaco or because of the jazz saxophonist? Both. Okay, good. <laughs> because a couple people that I said I was going to see Grace Kelly, they were like, isn't she dead? I was like, yes. but I did think no. you were going to tell me they were like, isn't she of Monaco? And you were like, no, she's dead. But at least they knew she was dead. Yeah. Um, but no. But I, know, so, I, know I may know of Jonathan Butler, but that's just such a, like, a common name. I can't. Yeah, no. Jonathan Butler is a South African jazz musician and guitarist and, like, funk rocker who is just freaking dope and then um obviously grace kelly is an asian american female singer songwriter saxophonist and it was just great um we were by far the youngest people in the audience did they do any alec- uh, what's that did they do any alec wilder not that I'm aware of. I think they did mostly they did mostly original stuff and Christmas stuff. They both write their own music and it was a Christmas tour, so like it was like the little drummer boy and then an original. Like I'm gonna write their name down and we're gonna try and reach out with them for covers. So I don't forget that they exist to do jazz stuff. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty great. Um and um Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but we left a little bit early. The concert was not over when we left, but we were literally falling asleep in our seats. Not anything to do with them, but because it was Friday and we had worked all day and then decided that we were functioning to go to a concert that started at 8 p.m., which we were not. I went to an 8 p.m. show. I totally get it. Um, and then Saturday, I what did I do in the morning? Oh, nothing. I just hung out and I actually just hung out and did nothing and it was so nice. Um, and then I edited the podcast and took a nap. 
And then I went to the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra's Christmas Classics concert, um, which features the Buffalo Philharmonic Chorus, which of course Dan is a part of. Um, and they sang Christmas songs and it was beautiful and it was so good. And that orchestra, I mean, Joanne Valletta, the director of the orchestra, like the conductor, like has won Grammys like for classical music every year because, and they're just freaking amazing. Love I love it. And it's amazing. And then, and then the cherry on top yesterday on Sunday. We went, Dan and I went to a performance at the Irish Classical Theater in Buffalo of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Oh, yeah, I did see you post about that. My, cousin, my cousin RJ played Pip, and he was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, how fun. It was such an interesting like production of it. It was so good. Oh. And for those of you who don't know, which we've talked about this because that's literally what I named my gecko. Her Expectations is my favorite story ever of all time. Pip is my favorite character. Um, I, I was explaining to Dan that my favorite thing about Pip is that um, the end of the book makes me angry um, because I don't like the choice he makes at the end of the book. But it's exactly the same choice I would have made in that situation. And, like, that's why I hate it. And that's why he's my favorite character of all time. Because I... I identify. Uh, identify with every choice he makes for the whole story. Um, it is... Ugh, it was so good. And then we went to Red Robin. I've never been to Red Robin. It was pretty good. Pretty good. And then I uh, stayed up way too late watching the shows for this podcast. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And of course, after we went to Red Robin, this is when I cried about not seeing him for five days. So like, you know. But, yeah. but I mean, it was a whole weekend where I literally just saw concerts and plays. And I did a whole weekend of just art. And then I'm going, like I said on Sunday, I'm going to come from away this week and I'm working in the theater four days of the week and I have another concert this weekend and I'm having a movie night and it's just all of the all of the art unfortunately that is not my life right now I mean it was I did go to two shows this weekend yeah but, but uh now I'm in the midst of everything's happening all at one time mm -hmm. and uh it's fine i um was meant to do a lot of stuff yesterday but since i worked a 13 hour day i spent a lot of yesterday sleeping so i knew i wasn't gonna do that again this week yeah and um so today i literally like i got to work on time good for me yeah. and i left so i left on time and uh i had to run into macy's I spent $60 on shoes that I thought were going to be $80. So at least that was a kind of a bonus. Nice. And they're comfortable to wear with my dress. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're high enough, but they're as high as I could find in my size. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, and then I had to rush and go get my secret Santa gift. This comes out like a thousand years from now. So I, uh, I drew Brian, who's one of my new assistants. And I 
I know he really, he told me he really doesn't like reading, but he really likes to read to learn. And so mm. he's been like reading a lot of books in our music library or like, you know, looking through them and stuff about our artists and stuff like that. And he's, he's like writes his own music and stuff. He's in a, a band called late night thoughts in the city. And uh, the, the band is late night thoughts. They are in the city. <laughs> Specify. Um, okay, okay. And so he's always like, so up to date with like, the new technologies and stuff which is very cool so i got him this book i went to barnes and noble and i was like i'm gonna get him a music book like but i don't want to get something that feels like work <laughs> even though it's like stuff he enjoys <laughs> i still don't want to like be like hi i'm your manager and i also got you a work book you know that feels right so i got him a book and it's called like the sound of something and it's how composers these days are using different technologies and different sounds to like create this new music that we've never heard and how they're kind of like interweaving it into technology and everything. And I was like, this feels very Brian. So I got him that. I and then that. I got him some like, candies that were at the edge of the Barnes and Noble um, counter. And I got my dad a book about Johnny Mitchell. Because he Love loves that. to read about author. I mean, about um, songwriters and stuff. And I've been doing some work on Johnny Mitchell's catalog this week. So I was like... And I love it. No. I work and then Thursday morning I leave to get on a plane to go to New Orleans to do Rachel's wedding. And I am not ready for any of those things. Um it's totally fine. Um we have our holiday party Wednesday and then I get on a plane Thursday. And the wedding is Saturday. And then Sunday I'm going to my aunt's and I'm sleeping. I will not sleep until the 28th of December. But That's when, when I come back to New York. But when it hits the 28th of December, I will not move for an entire day. Yeah, I'm I'm just sleeping probably the first day after the wedding. Um, But I also don't know how I'm getting like to my parents because it's a four-hour drive. And I don't have a car in... Louisiana. I mean, I do, but it, like, it's at my parents. So <laughs> I'm not really sure how I'm getting from Baton Rouge to West Monroe. Um, theoretically, I will have figured that out by now, by the time you all hear this. Well, yes, because you will also be back to New York by the time they hear this. And so we will like, have. I figured I, out how to get to West Monroe by then. <laughs> and we will have recorded another episode of the podcast. So. Um, so I'm hoping everything works out and somebody figures out how to get me from one part of Louisiana to another. Um, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm, I'm cool. This is, a uh, this is our full disclosure. This is our last episode we're recording for 2022 and it is our fourth week of recording three episodes a week. So... We are in a, in a holiday season where neither of us have the time to watch or record three episodes a week. Right. So we're struggling. We're actively working 60 to 80 hour weeks every week. Like, yeah. So we are really doing our best. It is after 11, I think. <laughs> I don't even know what time it is. No, it is after 11. Excellent. We're just starting this. So it's going to be. We're just trying to make it through. And, yeah. uh, when you see us next, we're going to be brand new people. You're not even yes. going to recognize us. Don't Correct. worry. We'll Correct. still act. You still recognize us. Right. Um, but you know what? 
does always make me feel better in times of chaos. My spirituality. Uh, today, for the last episode of 2022 of our hell month, um, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Fuck yes, I am. So true. So true. I love it. I love it. That's going to be our yeah. month. Yeah. That's, that's what, fuck yes, I am. That's what, what we got to do. Absolutely. And now, without, I have lost my notebook again. Here it is. Without further ado, let's do this. Um, this is a lot. This isn't so much. I don't know if I'm prepared. We will go through it and then we can have our comments at the end. Okay. Uh, I know we're going to have some last minute thoughts. Um, so this is Bates Motel, season four, episode nine, the penultimate episode of the season called for the penultimate episode of the penultimate season. Yes. Ooh. I see. Called forever. It aired May 9th, 2016, which was my grandmother's birthday. Happy birthday, girl. She had already passed away by then. I don't remember what year she passed away. I think it was 2015. Oh, okay. Well, then that was probably not a great day. The year after she passed away. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, But it was a day nonetheless. May as well have fallen on the same day as this episode coming out. Yeah, you know. Just stay in that that mood all day. Um, this episode was rated nine point four out of ten, which like totes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totes. I'm here for it. Um, I have the best news for you I've ever had for you. What's that? Our number one song has finally changed. Oh, thank God! It is now Panda by Designer. It's now who by what? Panda by Designer. Do you I not know this song off the top of my head? I remember when this song came out because I was very confused about the title and artist for a very long time. I still gonna, cannot tell you this song except I recognize it. I'm going to be honest. I was um, fully an adult um, working at Disney. I existed. I listened to the radio. I... I'm pretty sure this is one of those songs that, like, it came out and, like, if you heard the song, you're like, oh, I know that song. But nothing else makes sense about, like, the title and the artist. Because um, um, I definitely look, heard this song. I'm and- looking at the lyrics. And um, I'm sure if I heard the beat, it would be dif- different. Probably. I've, uh, I've definitely heard of it. And it's definitely not worked by Rihanna, which is all that I really care about this week. <laughs> Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So our number one movie, still Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, check that out there. Um, and the number one book is Extreme Prey by John Sanford. I don't know that book. I didn't read about that book. I'm sorry. I hope it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure. I know nothing. On this day, one thing happened. So I've pulled a few things. <laughs> okay. As I do. Um, Boris Johnson resigned as mayor of London. Oh. That's like the event that happened. Um, 
It is also Billy Joel's birthday. So mm-hmm. Billy Joel, my grandmother, share a birthday. Yeah. And, it, was uh, friend, it was my friend Adam's last ship at work at Disney. See? Lots, lots of big milestones. May 9th. And uh, the most popular baby names, May 9th of 2016, were Emma and Noah. Which totally oh. checked out. Um, our director is Tin Southam, who we've had before. As a reminder, he's our Lock and Key and American Gods director. So, like, we, we've had him a lot. This is, like, probably his That, I, I was really, really sure you were going to tell me it was a different director. Because it was very different, right? It was so different. I was shocked to see it was Tim Southam. I was so sure it was going to be a new director because this episode was fucking wild. Wild, yeah. Mm. I don't usually take notes about like lighting or cinematography. I just have feelings. And then when you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought that too. I very rarely take those kinds of notes because that's just like not my jam. I have a fuck ton of those notes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Um... Same writers. We have a it's a smaller now, role. Same yeah. writers, not Freddie Highmore. Not Freddie Highmore. Like same writers from the beginning. Okay, cool. Like, like that we've had every week. The same like five people credited. Okay. Um, um our guest is Carmen Moore, who plays Grace Way. Um, she's one of the uh DEA agents. Oh, cool. It's like I don't know who that is. Yeah, I mean we knew everyone else, so I had to pick her. That's um true. Her birthday's Christmas Eve. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. And she's... So here's the thing. She's known for Blackstone, Rustic Oracle, Cardinal, and Flash Gordon. I've heard of Flash Gordon. I don't know yeah. anything about it. I have just heard the title. I don't know I, any of the other ones. I know the theme song. I can't sing it because copyright, but I know the theme song. Um, and that's it. So... These are other things she's been in that people have seen. She's also been in The Flash and Nancy Drew. Oh, with, cool. like, actual roles. And I was like, how are these not the things she's known for? I don't know, dude. I mean, to um, be fair, Flash Gordon is a big deal. For well, yeah, but, like, the other three things I've never heard of. I've never heard of, yeah. So I was like, how did those, like, outdo? Like, I, I get Flash Gordon. It should have been there, too. But, like, The Flash and Nancy Drew, people have, like, heard about those shows. Yeah. Was she, like, roles that were, like, one role episode or, like, yeah, It looked like they were, like, recurring roles. Oh, that's so weird. Right. I don't know. It was very strange. Let's all take a deep breath together. And know this is going to be a big one. Okay. So. Norma wakes up to the light. Shrimming in through her window, but Alex is gone. And she walks downstairs looking for him, and he tells her he didn't sleep because he just thinks she needs to take Norma back to Pineview. Mm-hmm. So he's been up like pounding coffee and just sitting on the couch in distress, which is like same. Um, right. Also, what I was doing today while I was watching this episode, pounding coffee and sitting on the couch in distress. Yeah. 
I feel that I was sitting at my desk finding coffee and his dress, but like same. Yeah, same. Um, and he says he doesn't feel safe leaving Norma alone with him. And I was like, yes, correct. I was like, I literally was like, you do realize that he's the only human being who cares about you, right? Like that's, we've established that. No? Cool. Right. And poor Norma just has no idea. She like can't, she's like rose colored glasses every day with Norman. And. But it's like worse than rose colored glasses. It's like deliberately wearing a black like, it's like she's got the horse's blinders on with Norman. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then we see Norman looking down the stairs at them when they start kissing. Being real creepy. Because as we said last week, he's just following people around and being creepy. Oh, um, um, oh, and I also... Here's the thing. This was the first note I took about Norma in this episode. She told Alex that Norman would never hurt her. Mm -hmm. And I said, you say that now, but he will kill you. Mm -hmm. Yep. I did not not know what this episode was when I wrote that. I did not remember writing that until I just looked at my notebook now. And I am fucking angry. Yes. (laughs) Correct. We got a little foreshadowing. From the episode um but norman comes downstairs and she immediately just like alex slept on the couch and like norman knows that like that's a lie like he just went downstairs to the couch like obviously yeah but then we go to the credits but also okay they this scene mm-hmm. when she's like um She's like, don't worry, Norman. He slept on the couch. And they have, like, a little moment. They're talking about, like, what they're going to do that day. And, like, she, like, turns into a child. I was like, I seriously can't stand how unable the parent she is. Like, she becomes so meek when she's talking to Norman. And, like, I think she always has. But in that moment, it was, like, so much more obvious how, like, unable to act like an adult she is around him. Because the last couple episodes we've seen her, like, stand up for herself and, like, really try to be a parent, even though she's making a lot of bad decisions still. But she's still trying to, like, stand up to Norman. And And she just can't. She can't. She's reverted back this episode. Oh, I know what it was. And she, he said that she needed to go get dressed or else they were going to be late for the appointment. And she was like, yeah, you're right, I do. And it was like, you're the adult here. Right. But, alas. So when we come back from the credits, we're with Norma and Norman, who are on their way to therapy. And Norma is just acting like the world is all peachy keen. And she's like, maybe we can get together and put up the Christmas lights. And he's like, that'd be nice. And she's like, and maybe Alex can join us. And he just, like, loses his mind. (laughs) I was like, she's trying really hard to get him to like Alex. But it's like, like, he's a psychopath. Like, it's not going to happen just because you say right. his name over Like, that's not going to help anything. Right. And uh, so we go to his therapy session, and he's telling the doctor about Alex. But he's, like, telling him everything. He's, like, telling him about, like, he's, like, Norma's just afraid of being alone. So when I was gone, she married someone. And she's, like, she only married him for his uh insurance money. Like, he, they're trying to defraud you. And I'm, like, 
Also, he says something, the thing that he said that really just, like, fucking irked me. She, he said, and this man has always wanted her, so he's been waiting for me to be gone so he could be with her. Ma'am. Ma'am. I know you're a boy, but ma'am. This grown-ass adult's feelings for her have never once and never will depend on your location because he's a functioning human being. They only depended on when Norma was acting like a normal adult and not acting like a normal adult. Correct. It happened to coincide when you were gone, <laughs> but... Right. Like, you, you do factor into this, but not in the way you think. And not at all in Alex's viewpoint. Only in Norma's. Right. But, uh... He also told him, told the doctor, that Norma is going to fall apart and he'll have to pick up the pieces again. And, like, that has been a history. Yeah. But also, like, four out of five times that that's happened recently were because of things he did. Right. So, like, so, like, yes and no, Norman. Yes and no. And not with Alex. You just don't understand. You don't understand. Um, And we go to Norma, who's outside of the appointment, and she calls Alex. And she is being, like, hella defensive. Yeah. He's, like, talking to her and telling her, like, you know, it's good for Norman, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And she just, like, starts getting snappy at him. And I was like, Norma, calm down. Right. I was like, Alex is such a good man. Please do not ruin him. Yeah, I put Alex is such a saint. Like, he's put up with so much from her. And, like, I get that they're really great together when Norman's not in the picture. But, like, it's a lot to put up with when it's, like, an everyday thing. Yeah. It'd be different if it was, like, here's your kid who lives across the country. We don't get along, but I only have to see them, like, twice a year, you know? Right. And so, like, we may fight twice a year because you're going to take their side, but it's, like, it's fine. I'll push through for, like, the rest of time, you know? Yeah. <sighs> but, no, this is, this is rough. Yeah. And uh, we go to Emma and Dylan, who are packing for Seattle. And this is a very short but very important scene still. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma is packing, and she finds, like, a something with pockets. A cardigan or something. It's the the coat that she borrowed from Norma when they were on their way home from the Christmas right. tree bar. And so she and she pulled it out of the pocket, an earring, and she goes, "Oh, will you give this back to Norma? I bet she's been looking for it." And Dylan immediately knows that it's Audrey's earring. Now this is where I had a problem. Mm-hmm. Dylan is a very observant, observant young man. I will give him that. But there's a 0% chance, 0% chance in the history of adult men that this man, who was panicked about his girlfriend being in surgery in the hospital, recognized and memorized an earring well enough to immediately know what that was. No, I don't believe it for a fucking second. Absolutely not. I think that is very fair. I looked at it from the opposite direction of, like, he knows... Norma doesn't really wear gaudy earrings and he's already I know that's not what he said but this is what I'm deciding is Norma doesn't really wear gaudy earrings and he knows it came from Norma and he's already suspicious about Audrey 
And so it was like a logical deduction because I also agree that he wouldn't have just remembered off the cuff from the right. I I agree that he could have gotten there, but they made it such an immediate recognition, and I was like, nope, nope. And they definitely made it like he says later that he recognized it from the hospital. And I was like, no, you don't. Like no, <laughs> you may have known no. there, but that's not where it was came from. Yeah, no, you for sure do not recognize it from the hospital. That's not, not true. Sure. Yeah. Um. And then we have this short scene with Norma and Norman who are heading home. And, like, Norman's just being, like, super weird. And finally he's just like, I am your son. And it's just like, why are, like, because she's like, you're my son. I'm always going to love you or protect you or put you first or whatever. And he's like, I am your son. I was like, this is such a weird scene. Such a weird scene. I, I hated like, it. This is the scene why it wasn't 10 stars. Like Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you better believe the next one Rebecca goes to lunch with she meets Alex at lunch or she finds him <laughs> and she, no yeah no 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 yeah You know, I no, think th- no, this is where she agrees to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. So she's in. She looks ragged. She looks fucked up. She looks real rough. And so she's got an attorney, and she's meeting with the DEA, and it turns out she's agreed to turn on Alex if she can have, um, what's the word? She wants um, probation with no jail time. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> I'm an attorney, I swear. She uh, wants probation with no jail time. And they're like, well, not if you killed someone. She's like, I didn't kill anyone. She was like, it's not that extreme, but I can, like, wear a wire. And they're like, why do you think he's going to believe you? And she's so, like, intense. She's like, we had a long-lasting romantic relationship. And I was like, okay, you made that way more dramatic than it seemed. It was like oh. you were revealing it for the very first time. Yeah, like, we, all, we all knew it. Everyone knows. Even Norma knows. Like, it's not, it's not a secret. Not no, no. That's fine. So she's decided she's gonna wear a wire. So go back to Dylan and Alex because of course Alex also calls Dylan for help. Like, even though Alex is like the level headed one, he's still calling Dylan for help, like everyone else. I know, but I did say thank God the dream team working together. I mean, truly though, like who else is he gonna call? But like it just sucks that Dylan's the only one that anyone can ever call. Like, give him a break. Let him like take a nap. Or, yeah. like, you know, like, it's insane. But it turns out he wants to tell him that Norman needs to go back to Pineview. Dylan agrees with him, but um, Alex wants to um, have Norman committed without, like, without Norma. Because all you have to do is have two family members sign off on it. And he's technically a family member now. And daddy. Yep, <laughs> that's it. And if uh, Dylan will agree to it, and Dylan's like super not comfortable with that, which I totally get. I don't though. Like, I do, I do, because he's a good person. But after everything that we just found out about how outside her or he feels, I just don't see why he still feels any loyalty to Norma. It's just oh. really. I think it's more of a last-ditch effort type thing. I think he's like, I think that could potentially mess it up because I want 
to be in this family one day as much as I like in my own like messed up way you know it's like yeah. I don't want to be a part of this at all but I feel like I need to be and if I do one thing out of line they're just gonna get rid of me again like I don't matter yeah my no, I, get, I get that I get that it's just hard to be like you just said that it, you'd be better off and that they're awful for you just walk away right uh yes yes um but dylan says he'll try and talk to her first he's like let's let's have a conversation and then we'll go from there so he goes to talk to norma and he immediately confronts her with the earring and he's like emma said you might be missing this she's like oh i was he's like this is definitely audrey's earring and she was like yeah she was like why would you lie then? She was like, ah, it was just easier to answer in the moment. It's like, no, Norma. That's not how speaking works. No. Like, you don't just say what's easiest when you're going to act like it's no big deal on the other side. Like, but, like I, oof. you're not oh, a I literally liar. wrote, I literally wrote, ma'am, you have absolutely lost your mind. Right. Like, like she only lies when she needs to lie. So it's like, it'd be different if it was like somebody who just lied all the time and it was just like another lie for them. But she only lies when, I mean, she lies a lot, but it's because she needs to for certain things. But I mean, does she though? Or does she just find it easier to like lie about everything? Because at this point she's so in so deep that like the truth doesn't also exist anymore. finds it easier because anytime it's going to be easier on her, she's going to lie about it. But, like, she acted like it didn't matter if he knew. And I was like, if he doesn't matter, then why wouldn't you just say it in the first place? Like, you're only going to hide something if it's going to help you in the end. And so, pretty obvious. And then Dylan gets, like, super intense. And he, like, throws a laundry basket. And he's like, look, Norman's dangerous. We have to. And she's like, how dare you say that? He's never been dangerous. You don't know anything. And he's like, no, Norma, I know. And then she tells him that he's always been jealous of Norman. And I was like, while that may be true, to an extent, I don't think he ever wanted what Norman had with Norma. <laughs> but like, No, but he's always been jealous a little bit that she loved Norman as much as she did. Yeah, and like, totally, like, totally fair, but also like, low blow Norma. Like, you and know, no, it was... That's, she's absolutely lost her goddamn mind. Right, like totally uncalled for and you know you're wrong. Yeah. So um, he tells her that he talked to, that Alex talked to him and he's like, talk to him, clear things up with him. And she's like, I'm your mother. And he just looks at her and goes, you've never been a real mother to me. And I was like... Yeah, that was the most heartbreaking shit ever. I, I was, was That's rough. But also true. Like... That was oh no heartbreak. for sure i wasn't heartbroken for norma i was heartbroken for him like yeah. and like because like she said hurtful things that to an extent were true but not quite the way she said them but he said hurtful things that were like spot on spot on yeah and uh he just turns around and walks out the door and she asks for the earring back and he just doesn't give it to her good for and him so, yeah of course good for him i was like that's exactly right and uh so she chases him out the door yelling at him and Norman comes up and Dylan just goes up and runs up to him, gives him a hug and tells him he needs to check himself and back into Pineview. And he's like, what's going on? And he's just like, Dylan, yeah. he's like, Norman, you need this. You're not better yet. You need to go back to He was Pineview. like, you're not well. And I was like, oof. 
and uh Norman is keeps asking what's going on because nobody's telling him. And uh he finally Norma's like, everyone thinks you need to go back to Pine View, but they just don't know. You need to be here with me. Everyone acts like they know you better than me. And he's like, Does Alex think this too? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But she instead of straight up answering him, which like it was still pretty obvious from her non-answer, but right. she, like stay home. I need to go talk to Alex. And I was like, why can't the good guys just win once? Like one, one time. time. One time. Because one it's time. they die every time. Every one of them. Yeah. <sighs> so now we go back to Rebecca and Alex. This is the scene I almost was telling last time. Because <laughs> right. I didn't correctly. Um, and Alex is having some soup. And Rebecca just like joins him at lunch. And she starts, and he's like, why aren't you in Indiana? And she starts just, like, being super nostalgic. She's like, do you remember the first time we met? It was with Bob Paris and this and that. And I was like, you're being really obvious. I literally was like, bam, you're not slick. Right? Not, not even a little bit. And, like, he immediately realizes because she's like, we met at Bob Paris. He's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, uh, why were you friends with Bob Paris if you knew he was a drug dealer? And he goes, what? Bob Paris was a drug dealer? <laughs> Like laughed. I was, I was like, "Thank you." I was like, "He knows exactly what you're doing." That that is why he's my husband because he's the smartest person on that show. He truly is the smartest person. Um, so he can tell that she's wearing a wire. So he says he, he just goes. He just goes. Where's the mic? Yeah, he's like, "I'd like to say something." My friends at the DEA, and I was like, "Good on you, Alex." Because he's like, so he hell. like he's like, I've helped you with so much. I brought down the drug business here. Like, why would you? Right. He was like, I'm your informant. Suck my dick. Like, yeah. And like, to be fair, like he's made some like not great choices as sheriff. Like he's let a lot of things slide by and like killed people and whatnot. But also murder. Corruption, all in a day's work. All in a day's work. Um, yep. And then Norma shows up to talk to to um, Alex at his office, and she's mad about because well, no, he goes to his office, and they're like, "Um, your wife's there. in there." Yeah, and uh, she just starts going off. She's mad about him and Dylan, and talking behind her back, and he's like. Norma, Norman literally swung an axe at me. Like, he was going to hit me with the axe for a long time. And she was like, he just took it out on the barn. Are you dead? And I was like, Norma, that is not a good, like, argument. That no. is not the way to go. My notes say you are an absolute fucking nut job, and you should probably listen to the literal only person who has your best interest at heart. Right. And, uh, but instead she tells him she'll never trust him again. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> great. Right. Doing well. Conclusions have been left too. Yeah. So now we go back to Norman. And we don't have any more jumping around. We he's going through his taxidermy or the nostalgia, I'm sure. And he f- comes upon Audrey's suitcase. And it's hard to tell what he's thinking. Which makes this scene all the more ominous because he finds the scarf he used to strangle her. And so you Mm -hmm. see him like look at the scarf and you're like, oh, does he remember strangling her? 
But then he finds out, like, a clump of her hair that he pulled out. Mm-hmm. And then he starts, like, putting her coat on. And I was like, no, 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 no. It wasn't her coat. Not Norma's robe? It was Norma's robe because he got okay. dirt, that dirt on it when mm-hmm. he buried her. And he put it in. So he, it was the muddy robe that was with sense. the other stuff. And he put it on. And when he looked in the mirror and saw himself with the robe on, he had a f- brief moment where you realize he knows everything that happened that he did it while he was because now he's aware of the blackouts and the fact that he thinks he's norma in the blackouts because of dr edwards so you had that brief just a flash in his eyes where there was like a tear in his eye and he knew everything and you had no idea if he was going to be upset about it like what his reaction was going to be and it went to black and i was like the fuck just happened yep and then we see him. I literally him. wrote, I wrote, he knows it was him. He has to. He has to. Yeah. And we see him digging in the robe. And uh, I was like, is this a flashback to burying her? Is he digging her up? What is happening? It was too much. It's it's too much from now to the end. Yeah. Well, he just was burying the suitcase, presumably next to where he already buried the body. Right. right. And, uh, and then, of course, all the lighting is dark again. And Norma comes home and she is depressed and she's upset because she's decided to end things with Alex. And she tells Norman that he was right. That And I got mad. My note says he, he was only right because you let him be right. And this is like a good like showing of how they've been using light and dark because they've been in the light so much when she's been with Alex. And as soon as she says she's not with him, it's only darkness. Like, and she has, like, pieces of light that are, like, trying to get to her. Oh, my and God. Yeah. She opens the fridge, and it's, like, the front of her is illuminated. Everything behind her is black, including where Norman's standing. Yeah. And it's, like, it's such a great shot until the end. Everything is a great shot throughout the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, no. And then she has another breakdown. Well, she, she has a breakdown in the fridge, and then... She goes and she's writing a goodbye letter. Like, and I right. love you. So, um, yeah. So she's writing her I love you letter to Alex. And I was like, what is going on? Now, here's the thing. In one of my deep dives early on in the show, I read a spoiler that said she killed herself in the show instead of Norman killing her. And so... That's what I was expecting because I read it on the Reddit one day. Turns out there's more. I'll get into that later. There is more to that context, but not with this show. And um, so I was like, is this her like writing a suicide note to Alex or is this her? I was like, what's happening? I was like, is it happening already? Like we have one more episode left in the season, which well, is, you know, it very much could feel with the combination of how things happen in the rest of the episode and the letter, it very much could feel like it's just one more thing that Norman will get away with because it looks like that's what she was trying to do. Right. And uh, I also thought my TV had frozen for a minute because Norman goes and joins her and they sat so still. Okay. <laughs> Before this, when she writes the letter and she goes into the room, there is the most stunning 
shot. I know the fridge shot was great too, but she's sitting at the bed and her lamp is on and you can still see the letter on the like table and the lamp and the letter are like brightly lit and it's all coming for her. And then Norman is just standing in the doorway almost in pure black. Like I didn't notice him at first because it's so dark. And it's that same shot whenever he gets in the bed and you see them beside each other. It's complete like stillness. She's still bathed in light and he's bathed completely in dark. And it's chilling. It's yeah. chilling. Um, and then, and they're both wearing like even their clothes like mimic it because she's wearing like a white gown and he's wearing a completely dark outfit. Mm-hmm. And so it was like really well put together. And Norman starts talking to her and he's like, it's time to move again. Let's let's start over again. And she's like, I really don't think I can do this again. Well, and he brings up everything she said in like season one about like Hawaii. And, and then he starts like planning their whole lives in Hawaii and everything. And I said, no, no, no. You do not need to start over. You both desperately need therapy and healthy relationships. And he tells her, we are charming people. I was like, you are not charming is not the word I would use. Norma is sometimes charming. Unfortunately, they are both very charming, and that's how they've gotten themselves into the situation they're in. I don't think he started off charming, but I think he learned to be. Because, like, in the very beginning, I wouldn't have said he was charming. He was more, like... He was endearing, not charming. Yes. Yes. And, like, we had empathy for him in the beginning. And when he was having a rough time but now he is definitely much more charming yeah um and then he like awkwardly holds her and sings to her and uh she falls asleep and he watches her like a psychopath um and then he gets up and when he stood up i just wrote what the fuck are you about to do norman and he goes down to the basement and he lights the he takes off the caution tape and lights the gas furnace and mr sandman starts playing literally my only note just says holy cinematography i lost it when mr sandman started playing because this is one of my like we pitch a lot of music this is one of my favorite uses of music is when you use like a light happy song in the darkest way possible, but it doesn't destroy the song. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, destroy the meaning of the song, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, no. But just the the music starting when you were in the furnace and then the camera physically traveling the same path as the gas, that was one of the most insanely creative shots I have ever seen in television. Like, in anything. I good it and like the way you like walk went through the whole house with him but you were still always in the duck like you saw it's closing you saw the dust everywhere like it was just it was like genuinely my favorite thing the it reminded me so much but like done even better um of the blood in the Sweeney Todd credits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
but it was done even better than yep. like it was that and the the Sweeney Todd's credits is the last time I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. The game of the Game of Thrones the credit like sequence when you're actually like following the map and it's moving has a similar feel, but it's not as stressful. It's suspenseful. It's not it 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 oh that was you're following through and you're like, what's gonna happen? Like how far is this gonna go? And then he locks the door. And, and he shuts and he shuts every single vent except the oh. And this is the creepiest scene yet. Like we've had a lot of creepy Norman. This because he's so calm through it all. He's very structured. You can tell he's like knows exactly what he's doing. And I was like, my God, he wants them to die from a gas leak together. And we, I thought this was going to be where this the episode ended. And I was like, I'm going to watch like the first five minutes of the next episode. This is right. I I only knew it wasn't because, and I was so mad. So I paused the episode while she was writing the letter. And then I closed my Chromebook, like my, my Chromebook, my computer to do dismissal with the kids. And um, I came back into my room to get my stuff. And because it, my tablet sometimes like switches from computer mode to tablet mode without me realizing it, it started playing the episode again. So I was, I had left off at the point where um, she was writing the letter. And then I was at the point where her body was being carried. But I didn't know, I didn't see Alex's face. I didn't see Alex's face and I didn't see any of the in-between and I didn't, so I didn't know whether she was asleep or like, I didn't know what happened. I just saw the body in his arms and was like, I don't, I need, I have, oh, um, hmm. So then I spent the entire two hours of my drama rehearsal being stressed the fuck out because I knew that shit was about to go so bad. Yeah. Because next up, we have Alex pulling up to the house, which, like... I literally wrote, Alexandra Romero, you perfect angel, get in there and fucking save her. I know. And so, it follows the suspense we had of following the gas through the the vents. Now we're following Alex through the house. And he, like, is saying her name, and she's not answering. He doesn't hear any movement. And he gets up, and he pulls them both out of the bed when he realizes what's happened. He breaks the glass window so that, like, air gets in immediately. And he pulls them downstairs and opens all the windows. And I... I think it was good on him that he pulled Norman, too. Because that shows that he's a good person. But I wonder how much of that he thinks is Norman's fault. And I wonder if that letter is going to make him think that it's not... So, um, Norma is super dead, um, but Norman is not, because we see him turn his head. He he coughs, he coughs while Alex is trying to revive Norma, and so you know that Norman's going to survive this. He turns his head, and he has this, like, blank look in his eyes, and the last line of this episode... It's just mother. 
But here's the thing. He says mother, and he's questioning what's happening. And that's the last line of the episode. But the last visual of the episode is not Norman. The last visual of the episode. Sorry, I'm, like, actually going to cry. Is Alex, like, through, like, blurry camera, like, Norman's blurry vision. Alex absolutely breaking like shattering and like I know that like I have always believed that like Alex truly loved Norma like because I think Alex loved Norma before Norma knew what was happening absolutely but like in that moment holding her body like having tried so fucking hard to save her and she's just not yeah Yep. I'm not okay. I don't know if I'm ever going to be okay. Um, I know that I am not alone in this because Courtney texted me before we started recording and said that she was quitting the podcast and never talking about this ever again. I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. I. Here's the thing we watch Psycho. <laughs> I know. I know the story of Norman Bates. I have been prepared since episode one that Norma was going to die. I wouldn't even be upset that Norma died. But then they had to go and make me fall in love with Alex and make Alex fall in love with Norma and I had to watch him lose her and that's what I'm broken about. Fuck her. She's a horrible person. She has enabled her. I mean, I mean, listen, the problem is it's an awful trauma cycle. I literally, I wrote in here that she can't have nice things because of Norman, but it's a heartbreaking trauma cycle because it's, it's just her trauma built Norman and now feeds on not Norman, but his trauma was built by her trauma. Like it's, it's all, it's no one's at fault. Except that she's 100% at fault because the first time he did something, she the should. first time he showed any negative, she should have, as his mother, not his friend, not his lover, taken the steps to get him help so that she could still have that close of a relationship with him, but healthily. Yeah. Um. So... Did you think this would be the episode she would die in? When did you no. think, when we started, like, when we started getting into the show, we knew it better. When did you think she was going to die? I didn't think, I knew it wasn't going to be the last episode. Um, I knew that the final season was probably going to be the gap between the Norma part of his life to the movie part of his life. Yeah. But I assumed that it would either be like the season finale of episode four or the first episode of season five. I thought it was going to be like once. I thought it, I thought it was going to be one step further. I actually thought it was going to be the beginning of season five. See, I thought it was going to be the finale of season four. That's what I was expecting. I like that it wasn't. I like that like it was just completely not what I. Yeah, because you didn't expect it. And you I, this up and so much in the season of like making us feel for her, making it seem like she had a chance, even though we knew she didn't. And like made how it. Much, how much of this season has been 
how much of the season has been you and I talking about how the show is happy now and we love I, whoever said season four wasn't good is a fucking idiot yeah I uh, I was reading some reviews on it every person is like season four is the best season of this show they're like everything has its ups and downs but season four is the best written directed produced show of like season of this entire show to be fair that that makes me nervous that season five is going to be garbage because well like but like even if season four is the best like one through three were also still really good that's true i I just a lot of leeway (laughs) even if season five is not as good to be fair i'm kind of glad that this is where we ended for our marathon month because I need, I, we, I won't watch the next, the season finale for two weeks now because I'm not going to watch it too far ahead of recording. So it'll be two weeks before I watch it. And I fucking need that time because I'm not emotionally prepared in any way to see what happens next. Right. So what do you think is going to happen next? Like what could possibly be the finale of season four now? Sure, I'm sure that they're going to think it's a suicide. I'm sure that Alex is something is going to happen to him because he's going to feel like he has nothing else to live for. I'm sure that Dylan is going to have severe guilt uh-huh. and it's going to fuck with Dylan and Emma's part of the story. Like all of these are little pieces that I'm sure are going to happen, but like that doesn't mean in the next episode, it means in the next 11 episodes. I have no fucking idea what is next but i do know that something big is going to have to happen in general ever in the show to get us from norman dead or norma dead in alex's arms to norma dead in the basement because alex is not gonna fucking let norman touch her yeah yeah so what has to happen to get us from the sheriff with his dead wife to dressed up in a nightgown in the basement because like that's that's the that's the that like taken by the dea and get sentenced to jail to life whatever for the murder of bob paris or norman's gonna kill him he's gonna he's he's gonna have to die like the only two options because like murder and I, and I do I do think death is the only option because Alex isn't gonna let himself get taken away he's worked way too hard and done way too much to not get taken to get taken away at this point unless he slips because he's so broken right which is what I'm a little concerned might happen because like you said he, has, he doesn't have anything left to live for anymore so yeah yeah so on that note um who do you want to punch Norman. Yes. <laughs> that is, is the there, choice. If there is anyone else, honestly, like, I wouldn't even care right now if you didn't have a second choice and just went with Norman because, like, fuck him. So Norman obviously is the right choice. It is the only choice, but I also would like to punch Rebecca. Mm, fair. Fair because she wasn't even good at it. Like she was shady and not even good at being shady. Really trying to take Alex down, who's only like helped her out. Yeah, he literally gave her the key, got her the money, gave her an escape, tried to get her out of, 
tried to get her out of there before the DEA nabbed her. And then she was going to repay him by fucking blowing him in just because she was jealous that he fell in love with someone else. Yep. Ma'am. That ain't it. No. So who's your MVP? Um, well, in a shocking twist that isn't exactly the same as the last 39 episodes of the show, I'm picking Alex Romero. Right, right. Yeah, that, that tracks. That tracks. Um, would have been my number one, but I also assumed he was your number one. So uh, I went with Dylan because I flip his eyelashes and he's my number one. So in this episode, like he's genuinely definitely number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with Dylan because he tried really hard to stand up for Norman and he really yeah. is trying his best. Bless his heart. Yeah. And I know that's like my argument every time for him. But he's so young and has so much on his shoulders. I mean, but like, would it be a Bates Motel episode of Death and Aliens if I wasn't talking about Alex in a way that was probably undeserved and you weren't talking about Dylan in a way that was probably undeserved? No. We would. We're, so when we come back in January and we're brand new people, we're going to just. We will, <laughs> yeah, when, when we come back in January and we're brand new people, we will not be unnecessarily fawning over Alex and Dylan. We're going to come back to the finale of the season being Dylan and, and Romero becoming the bad guys. And yeah. we're going to hate them. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to be rooting for Norman to lock people in his basement. Absolutely. And bury them under his, in his yard. In his hole. In the, in the pit. <laughs> ah, well, if we end up in this other universe... Oh, if I knock my own microphone over one more time, I'm worse than your fucking dog right now. You are. You are struggling. Well, I do have to top us off before before we go away for our Christmas break that you guys are not going to be aware of. um, I have a few trivia for you. Okay. As of September 2020, which was two years ago, remember this episode, this show ended 2017. As of September 2020, this was the highest rated episode of the show. Which, like, it's 9.4. Like, that's yeah. pretty high. Like, yeah. pretty high bar to cross. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the murder-suicide attempt that um, Norman tried to do with Norma was meant to be a reference to how it was said that Norma and her lover at the time died of strychnine. Um, obviously this was a I did I, I did actually catch that. I was like, oh shit, that's what they said in the movie. Yeah, got it. And last but not least, the note was meant to be a reference to the 98 film where Norman forges a suicide note for Norma. Um, so that's what it was meant to be. So, I mean, really no doubt it's going to be seen as a suicide note in the next episode. Like... Yeah, like, we haven't seen the next episode, but like I will be shocked if it's not a dis- discussion of it being a suicide note. Yeah, for sure. So, um, wow, we've made it. We made it through a whole year. We made it through almost four seasons of Bates Motel. Theoretically, we've made it through December. Hope you see us next week too. If you don't see us next week, we did not make it through December. We are sorry. 
Correct. And then we will leave you hanging on this guy forever. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, Speaking of death, you can email us about whatever you want at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media that we may or may not interact with, but we will interact with you if you reach out to us. At Death and Aliens, you can find me at CECloud13. Me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And we will see you for our penultimate episode of Sci-Fi Sunday of Stargate Season 2, Episode 21. Bye! Bye. Thank <laughs> you.